Yeah. Uh, well, we welcome you guys to the class. Those who are watching online, we really appreciate it. Make sure you keep us informed with what's going on. Um, also, just a short reminder for those people who are watching online that we have um, the Tor Learning Channel up, and it's running, and it's doing amazing. We have a lot of viewers, and a uh, great opportunity. If you want to watch, you can go to torlearningchannel.com, and it's a great source for that daily study. Most people that I know, including myself, Leave it on all day, and it just runs in the background, and we just listen to it as we as we work. Uh, in this parsha, uh, uh, Imor, found in the twenty first chapter of Vayekra uh, Leviticus, um, we're going to um, I'm going to focus on a particular subject, and then we're going to go through and sort of deal with specific areas of the text. Some highlights of this text first deals with the koinim. Uh, it's uh, almost following on the heels of Kedeshim, which Kedeshim is talking about what? Holiness and cleanliness and pure and purity. And, and in Kedeshim, all Jews are commanded to be holy on an individual and a communal level. We talked about corporate holiness versus communal, I mean, uh, individual holiness. The national mission is contained in the injunction to become a kingdom of priests. Now, the title of today's class is a question. All Jews can become Cohen? Question. The reason why I ask that is most Jews who are not Kohenim or of the Cohen uh, family would say, oh no, that's impossible. But that would fly in the face of a commandment that God gives the Jewish people to be a nation of a kingdom of priests. And we're going to kind of go through and break that down. There are, there are differences between the levels of sanctification. Rav Nachman and the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe, Rabbi Moshe Hamlazato, and others have expressed that one who focuses on the study of Torah and mitzvot, whether they be a Kohen, uh, a, a Jew, uh, whatever tribe you come from, or even a not righteous non-Jew, a Noahide, a Gertoshav, whatever. That person who studies the Torah and begins to uh, transform their midot, their character traits, and to purify themselves, and to sanctify themselves, and to live at the highest level of sanctity, that they too elevate themselves from the, where they are at to another level of sanctification. And at some level, they reach another, they reach a whole other level of, of, uh, of, of goodness in the world, and also function in the world. In more, this Torah portion deals with the special laws pertaining to the sons of Aaron, the Kohenim who blessed the people and performed temple service. As the spiritual elite of Israel, they are required to adhere to a much higher level of holiness. If you all remember the prayers that are done, there is one part of the daily prayers that says, thank God for not making me a slave and making me a woman, a Gentile, etc., etc. And I say, thank God I was not made a Kohen. Right? Because you look at what the requirements are going to be when the Beisach Mekdash gets built. It's like, hey, that's going to be a lot of work. But their, 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 uh, their restrictions 
you know, is, is, is for example, uh, is primarily expressed through the prohibition of coming in contact, and we read this in the text, coming in contact with a corpse. A Cohen may not attend the funeral of or enter a building in which he might be with or near a dead body. There are, however, exceptions to the general rule, and the ordinary Cohen, that is the guy who's not functioning as a high Cohen Gadol, the high priest, must uh, must defile himself for seven close relatives, right? For whom he is obligated to mourn. And as I said before, the high Kohen Gadol, the chief Kohen, must observe even a higher level of Kedusha than the regular Kohen. He cannot become uh, Timi or impure, even for his closest relatives. There's one discussion I remember in the building of the Beisach Mikdash, and that there was a room that if, if, if the, one of the primary functioning priests would have uh, bowel issues, that he would immediately high, go into a room and mikvah and then stay in that room and then would exit out of the temple through an underground tunnel so that he would never would, would not contaminate another soul and so that no one would see him leaving, obviously for his own um, you know, sanctity and, 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 and reputation, but he would leave from an underground place to leave the temple. I mean, the sanctity of their position or job is absolutely primary in what they do. At first glance, the prohibition of tumat me'it is uh, associated with holiness is difficult to comprehend. Judaism require, requires um, regards honoring the dead through participation of funeral a huge mitzvah. And it characterizes as a compassion of truth. I remember reading in text and hearing text that is quoted about J.C., who tells his followers to let the dead bury the dead. I don't know if you guys remember hearing that text. That flies in the face of, of core Torah principles that says, no, we don't let the dead bury the dead. We take responsibility of making sure the dead are properly treated and, and they, and they uh, are buried properly. I just spoke to uh, a friend of mine who called me and said that uh, one of the elderly men in his, in his shul um, had committed suicide. He was a Navy captain and found out he was diagnosed with a disease that would end his life in a few weeks, and he committed suicide. And the family had asked him to participate in the ritual uh, reading of text while his body's being cleansed by the professionals and wrapped in linen, and he says, "I'm not sure how to. I'm not sure emotionally how to do this. I mean, not only has he said he never done it, but to do that for a friend who committed suicide. He said, I have so many different emotions that are going on with this, and you, you realize even today that the death of a fellow Jew." And the, the making sure that that person has his body is properly prepared and treated and buried in a proper and timely manner is a very important part of Judaism. And to tell the Kohen, especially the high Kohen, the high priest, you can't even bother. And we get this example from Aaron when his two sons were killed, you remember? And he couldn't even mourn. The Pasuk of Malachi, or Malachi, is known in chapter 2, verse 7 says this, the lips of the Kohen preserves wisdom and they will seek Torah from his mouth. The most essential function of a Kohen 
is spelled out by Moshe Rabbeinu, who said, they shall teach your laws to Yaakov and to and your Torah to Israel. Yaakov meaning uh, uh, the the uh, the men and the women, they shall place incense before you and burn offerings upon your altar. The Pasuk makes clear that their qualification to perform the temple service on behalf of all of Israel stem from their absolute commitment to what? Study Torah. So their sole job was not just for temple service. What was their job? Their occupation requires that a person put his energy into learning Torah, removing from all distraction. The Kohen had to keep himself at the best possible state physically and emotionally for the mission at hand. He couldn't have any physical defects. He couldn't have one arm shorter than the other. He couldn't be crippled. Uh, we can go through a whole list of disabilities that they could not have. And when you read it, you go... Sounds like that they're discriminating against people with disabilities. No, the military discriminates with people with disabilities because if you can't perform at that highest level, then you cannot do the job. However, that did not change their status as a Kohen. They still were Kohens, they just couldn't do the job. So it meant that they had to be at the, the highest level. He did not learn Torah. The Kohen does not learn Torah for himself. Why does Why does a Kohen study Torah? Yes, to teach it. To teach it. Whom is he teaching it to? The Jewish people. The Jewish people. Right. So we have a hierarchy. We have a system that that is laid out before us. The Kohen had to keep himself in this position because of uh, because that he himself becomes sort of before as his. His well-being and study of Torah affects the whole nation. Because of this, he is enjoined from going to funerals, visiting cemeteries. He had to protect himself from being afflicted by the powerful emotions of grief and sorrow, which could distract his focus and hamper his concentration. Exception was only made for the seven close relatives. Only for... um, the high Cohen, who was always in the presence of Hashem, could not interrupt his service even for his closest relatives. Why? Because he was doing this for all Israel. Only for the abandoned corpse who had no one to bury him could the high Cohen Kedol become impure in order to demonstrate the supreme sacrifice of man who was created in his image. So at least one person, if he was abandoned and the body's there and nobody else could take care of it, the high Cohen Kedol could deal with it. To leave the body unattended would constitute desecrating of the divine soul and obviously uh, indirectly of the creator himself. In his commentary, uh, Rav Yosef Dov Sovelichik, yes, Sovel, why am I having a Salavechik? Thank you very much. Huh? It's a great name. It's my tongue got twisted around my eye tooth. I couldn't see it. Uh, I uh, as 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 why the parsha of festivals is juxtaposed to the special prohibition of the kohanim. The answer that he primary task for that the primary task for the kohen was not to minister in the temple, but the most fundamental thing was. He was designated to publicly expound the Torah before the entire community. This is what was Shavos and the festivals. Since the principal task of the Kohen was fulfilled on the Modim, it was only natural to transition from the subject at Kedushah um, 
to that of the holidays, the idea is fully elucidated by the Rambam, who concludes in the laws of Shemitah and Yovel in explaining why the tribe of Levi was separated from the nations in terms of not inheriting a portion of the land and being excused from war and other responsibilities. He says this, They are set aside to serve Hashem and minister before Him to teach His correct ways and righteous ordinances to the people. As it says, they will teach your laws to Yaakov and the Torah to Israel. Rambam concludes, in the most inspiring note, saying that this special status is not limited to members of the tribe of Levi. And here we get to the point. Any Jew who is motivated to detach himself from those who are preoccupied with mundane earthly pursuits, devotes himself exclusively to the study and devotions of Torah, it says he is sanctified as holy of holies. Hashem will be his portion and provide what is sufficient for him in this world as he provides for the priest and the Levites. So the point is, every Jew can inspire to partake in the Kedushah of the Kohen. That does not mean he can be a high Kohen Gedol. It does not mean that he can operate in the temple as a Kohen. But what does it mean? If every Jew is supposed to be and should be a priest, they are a priest to the nations. And what my call is, and I've said this before, I mentioned it to Rav um, Mendel Kesson, Kesson uh, when I told him that my job in the next few years is to render myself irrelevant because too many Jews are taking up their role as righteous in the nations. They're teaching. That's the beautiful thing, is we want to see more. I, I saw someone the other day says, Oh, this guy who's teaching Torah, talking about a, a Jewish guy, very good teacher. He's not a rabbi. Why would you want to listen to him? And I'm thinking, no, he's actually fulfilling his role as a, a, a Jew that's taking the responsibility of Kedushim and bringing about holiness and also to bring about transformation by teaching Torah to others. It's not just the rabbis. No, it's not the rabbis. It, listen, the point is this. You know, the Kohen... The Kohens were the rabbis of the time. The people were instructed. Now, I realize that generations of, of, of persecution and destruction, etc., etc., has not made it easy for the Jewish people to teach the non-Jew. But we're in a different age, a different era. And, and we're seeing some amazing things taking place in which the nations are open and wanting to learn. And I must challenge every Jewish person that will watch this to pick up the mantle of responsibility to begin to teach the nation's kosher Torah. And you would say, well, I'm, I'm not studied. I haven't gone to yeshiva, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. I'm going to tell you that's not an excuse. Start studying. Start applying Torah study to a high level. And I guarantee you that you can put yourself in a position to at least help one person. If you can help one person draw closer to Hashem, think about all the generations of people that are drawing close to Hashem. In the in Hilchot Talmud, Torah 3.1, Rambam says this, that three crowns are conferred upon the Jews, that of Torah, priesthood, and kingship. Priesthood was limited to the descendants of Aaron and kingship to those of King David. However, the greatest crown of all, that of Torah, 
is not restricted to any elite, but is available to all Jews. One of the first verses taught by two Jewish children expressed the Torah. It says, the Torah which Moshe commanded to us is inherited to the congregation of Yaakov. In the words of Rambam, whoever desires it may come and take it. Now I add the last part of the caveat to this. To all the righteous non-Jews who love Torah, and who inspired to draw closer to Hashem, I encourage you to study, to prove out your devotion to Hashem, not for the sake of becoming Jewish, but for the sake of drawing close to the Creator, blessed be He. For the sake of study that causes you to elevate and bring illumination into your own personal life, into your family life, that is the reason. If you're doing it for any other reason, if you're doing it simply because of religious pursuit, you, you've got the, what I call the boots on before the jeans. That's a Texas phrase, if you can picture that. If you put your boots on before your jeans, you can't put your jeans on. After. I, I had to explain. Some people are not from Texas. So the point is this. I mean, I can imagine somebody in South America watching this and going, what, what is he talking about? Boots and jeans. Yeah, what are boots? Yeah. Yeah, so the point is this, is for the righteous non-Jew, just as we look at our Jewish brothers and sisters and encourage them to take the role of a spiritual priest, you also have a role to become a, a spiritual leader and a priest to your home and to your family. And we encourage you all to draw close to Hashem. And by Hashem's loving kindness, may all give us power and strength to go to another level of Torah study. Baruch Hashem, this close this shore. And we shall go to comments and questions. Or